Hello, welcome to Huddle Daily. I'm your host, JC Hyatt, and today we have a uh, special guest. We're doing an interview today, uh, mixing things up a little bit, and uh, I have with me uh, Dan Gailey, the CEO of Synapse. Dan, you want to say hi? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure. Um, so let's um, let's get into uh, a little bit of just w what is Synapse. So um, I know we, I think, I'm not sure who reached out to who first, but um, it's kind of a new thing for me and it's something that I started looking into, but uh, I'd love to hear straight from you, um, just kind of a basic description. Sure. So Synapse is actually what we're calling uh, the, the first decentralized AI network. And you can kind of start to understand it by, there's a couple of quotes that lead into what we're building. And one of them, the first one is, you know, essentially the data is the new oil. That means that there's a bunch of these companies that are out there that are participating in kind of buying and selling data. And, uh, like you know, that goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, typically any company online, right? Like that's, that's kind of what drives these companies. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and uh, ultimately the oil is, is symbolic to um, not just the wealth uh, that people are looking to find, but also like how they can leverage these things, right? So uh, data can go into machine learning models to find insights, uh, both about who we are, how we act, what we prefer, all of these really cool things, right? There's another quote that follows that one from Andrew Ng, who taught at Stanford. Uh, and he basically said, uh, AI is a new electricity, right? And now we're already starting to put together the oil with the electricity, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the, what, how that makes sense is AI is the new electricity, meaning that it's gonna be uh, on demand and it's going to be powering pretty much uh, all our interactions and all our engagements with our apps, our phones, our services, basically, and, and in the future, the world around us, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so with those two quote, quotes kind of as our, 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 the premise by which we're gonna talk about Synapse, we usually say that Synapse, uh, if, if data is the new oil and AI is the new electricity, then Synapse is the new decentralized power grid, right, for AI. So we basically want to give people the opportunity to uh, buy and sell both data and machine learning models uh, and have it uh, create a network where these things can be contracted out, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that starts to look like just everyone's participating in this ocean of of data and machine learning model uh, building and contracting and things like that. So um, that's that's kind of the, the big premise of what Synapse is. Mm -hmm. And we have a marketplace where people can buy and sell data and buy and sell machine learning models. And because we create this marketplace that's programmatic, one day you can have, let's say, you know, autonomous vehicles uh, contracting one another out uh, coordinating to build new models together and uh, really cool new emergent features from that. So that's what Synapse is. And right now we're kind of bootstrapping on Ethereum. Okay. So Cool. So yeah, let's we'll get there in a second. Let me, um, so you, you used some terms there um, that I want to go back and just kind of cover um, some of them even for myself, but definitely for my audience. Uh, so um what is, first off, what is machine learning and 
is it the same? Is artificial artificial intelligence and machine learning are those interchangeable terms, or are those two separate things uh, that are similar? So machine learning is basically what it says, right? It's it's we're creating algorithms that find some insights from data and uses those insights in order to, uh, uh, I guess, create a function of classification, of recommendation, of things like that. So a good example of machine learning is um, looking at your uh, Netflix playlist, right, and seeing what you like, what you dislike, what you watch. And then, and then what is a good match for you. Right. So, and like, the reason I, we want a computer doing that for us is because we can't think that quickly, right? Right, that quickly, or all that many conclusions. Right, and and it can take in hundreds of thousands of dimensions about us to to give us a very accurate representation or recommendation of uh, you know what we want and what we what we might like. So uh, we look, at, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it, it is, it is kind of creepy, um, but at the same time, if used in the right ways, it's super powerful, mm -hmm. right? So I know recently people have been thinking about Cambridge Analytica and how, um, you know, they've, they've basically used data to sway voters into electing, you know, uh, their politician that, that purchased their services. Um, but you can imagine that these things can also uh, go towards really beneficial uh, use cases. So thinking about how if you wanna change your, your lifestyle, your diet, um, your, your regimen, um, get recommended things that matter to you, like those are all positive things that, that, that machine learning can go uh, towards, right? To change our lives for the better. So uh, yes, machine learning is a very powerful tool and it matters who is in charge and who is implementing these things, right? That determine whether or not it, it is creepy or it is, it is like exponentially amazing. And that's kind of what raises the need for a decentralized platform for this, right? I mean, because all, I believe humans are inherently uh, open to corruption, prone, prone to it even in certain cases. And so if you have a decentralized solution, you ensure that, you know, it, it, hopefully things aren't, you know, taken advantage of, uh, this technology is not taken advantage of and, and for use for nefarious reasons, right? Yeah, and one of the, the cooler things about this is like, so traditionally we have very verticalized companies like Facebook and Google. And when I mean vertical, I mean they're, they typically live in a silo, right? Mm -hmm. Where they acquire data, build machine learning models from it and don't share that data. They don't share that, those machine learning models. And these companies have a very particular audience, mm -hmm. right? And they acquire data from that very particular audience. So their data is biased, right? Because they have a target demographic that goes to create uh, biased models. And what I mean by biased models is that they only represent a very small portion of, of who we are or Can of society itself. clarify what a model is? Like, explain it to me like I'm five. Um, a model is a computer's representation of it's like a prototype uh, the state of things no it's a computer model it's it's like an algorithm right okay. it's just it's just a, a mathematical algorithm right okay. uh, that represents the computer's understanding based on the data that we fed it right so if we feed in 
into this algorithm, this function, mm -hmm. I eat vanilla ice cream, you know, uh, seven days a week. Uh, and I asked the model, well, what's the probability of me eating vanilla ice cream on the eighth day? It'll probably be like 100%, right? Like, so, yeah. so that's all a model is, right? Okay. It's, it's nothing, you know, crazy or magic. It's, it's just math. Okay. And um, so uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do in that. But uh, going back to what's the difference between machine learning and artificial intelligence now? So... Artificial intelligence is a, a very wide field of study that machine learning is a part of, okay. right? And inside machine learning, you have supervised learning and unsupervised learning. Supervised learning means that uh, you have some, some training data that you are participating in helping to train what that model understands about the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, and unsupervised learning means that it's basically selecting its own features about that data and coming to some conclusions on its own, right? Mm -hmm. um, machine learning, what's that? That's Skynet. <laughs> I mean, feature selection, yes. Autonomous feature selection is very interesting. Um, the idea of Skynet is very interesting um, in that, you know, you can start observing these things uh, and, and it's probably one of the most powerful tools that machine learning has to offer is, is automating the ability to find insights without our supervision. Like that's mm -hmm. pretty magical. That, that's really cool. If it can start correlating data and performing feature selection on these things to identify, you know, these, these and build models of these things without our intervention. I think that's, that's kind of amazing and part, a big part of the future. Mm -hmm. um, I think Skynet is more about agency and connecting things and giving agency to a model that's perhaps nefarious in, in some ultimate regard. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but fundamentally the same. We, are, we want something to understand the universe. We want something to understand the world around us. We want something to understand who we are. And we also uh, want to understand and give agency to these things because they do a lot of these things that we can't do and they do them like hundreds of thousands of times better. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, machine learning is a very small subset of artificial intelligence and is, is the first step in getting machines to, um, you know, create knowledge, retrieve knowledge, come to some conclusions. And this idea of, of a personified, system that can think like we think and understand the world the way we do, right? That's, that's essentially what I think of when I think of artificial intelligence. And machine learning is a component that helps get us there to those places. Gotcha. Okay. And so, and, 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 and so well, one thing is, is nowadays, uh, like we understand that this is conceptually, machine learning is a small part of AI in general, but nowadays they are used interchangeably, right? So marketing, uh, has come out where it's like uh, machine learning is not as sexy as a topic as just like saying AI, right? Because AI right. is just like grand, expansive, kind of like... Uh, Everyone has like images of Cortana or Skynet or something that come to right. mind with like AI. <laughs> right. And so AI has really become this blanket marketing term that includes machine learning. So you wouldn't be wrong if you said AI with machine learning nowadays. But technically right? it is a little conflated. It is. It is, yeah. Gotcha. And I mean, is this just thinking about AI and, and some of the 
I don't even know if we understand the possibilities. It's kind of like blockchain. Like, do we really understand what we have here? Um, is this going to happen? Like, is, is this is this inevitable that AI, we continue to uh, understand it, harness it, um, develop new new things and, and shape reshape the world with it? Is that going to happen in your opinion? Um, or is there like a limit where we get to a certain point and we decide that maybe it's better to not keep going? I, I look at where we've been, like where we are, where we've been, and that's a pretty good step in extrapolating where we're going, right? So uh, you make observations about people uh, first. That's the first step. And you say people are really good at observing systems, uh, modeling those systems, right? Um, and building tools to leverage those models mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm using models in this instance as a very like abstract idea of understanding how the system works. Mm-hmm. And then uh, using tools to leverage those models to gain efficiencies out of the systems that you've observed, right? And w- what we do is we, we basically have looked at that and created a meta model and identified that as an entire system. And we've built tools like computers and calculators and and things that we can leverage to be better as humans. Um, and I, I think the, the, another kind of conflated quality that we have is anthropomorphication. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, anthropomorphizing, uh, you know, the, the tech that we're developing and, and kind of heading in a direction where we want to identify things as, as having qualities that we possess. So, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's kind of inevitable that we are heading in this direction because it's what we have been doing forever, right? I, we don't, we built a hammer because our fists can't drive nails into the wood, right? right. Uh, so we're, we're building machine learning models and we're building AI because they're good at, at, at things we need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, you know, discover more about ourselves and the world around us. Cool. I think it's inevitable. And I think it's, it's kind of uh, almost maybe even, you know, in our nature to develop these things. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, all right, cool. So that's a, um, at least a little bit of an overview um, ab- about what, what even this is, but I'd like to, I know, you know, this is um, uh, an interview with the CEO of Synapse. So I'd also like to get into uh, what Synapse specifically is doing. So um what is, uh, I guess, let's start off with kind of like, how did this even come about? Like, what is your background? I looked a little bit on your site, um, but I would like to hear it from you. Yeah, so I've been programming since I was about 10 years old, uh, which means I've been programming for 100 years now. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and, uh, You're actually AI. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, a handsome one. Uh, so we, we ended up... Uh, Working in like I ended up working in oil and gas companies doing like network security uh, My background in education is in electrical engineering uh, and another degree in computational chemistry um, and So I've been thinking about models and I've been thinking about robotics and uh, You know being basically raised by the internet and knowing that we have this worldwide connected system you, you start uh, kind of trying to connect the dots and make things smarter, essentially. And uh, the Synapse is kind of an iteration on a bunch of ideas that started out of 
an IoT hackathon that I threw in 2013. And um, we had a bunch of people coming out that uh, basically had access to these APIs that were front ends for sensors that transcribed physical, real world uh, sensor information into some digital form. And you can mash that up and um, basically create new products, right? Starting to connect things. That's ultimately what we're talking about. And I realized like, oh, we need a fabric to facilitate that. And I started working on something called Playa that eventually turned into something called Asteria that eventually turned into uh, Synapse, that what we're working on now. And it, it kind of, along the way, you learn about, you know, connecting things and, and getting people's opinions on, uh, you know, when is the right time and building devices for this and building uh, software around it. And one of those big aha moments was when we saw Ethereum basically creating what is it, essentially an invented network. And, and that means that every participant on the Ethereum network can observe things that are happening across the network, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the, the missing link for us was okay, now you can create a global network of devices, of interfaces, of applications that can observe everything else that's happening, right? That's, that's kind of really a powerful first step to unlocking this marketplace and, and providing new insights into how those devices communicate, how they contract services and things like that. So previously, we talked before about these siloed services, and now we're talking about this this new ocean of devices that are that have the capacity to listen and collaborate and, and do mm -hmm. all these really cool things. Yeah, and, and so we, and we've already had that we, even cons on the consumer level like we've experienced that to some degree with just general home IoT stuff like Nest or smart lights and things like that. But what, what you're doing is going to take this to a new level where uh, not only is it devices, but you're also able to connect companies, people, who anything and allow any of those entities to contribute data, um, which I guess you would call events, like things are happening on that network and then yeah. do things with each. Okay, cool. Okay. So I think I, I, I kind of uh, understand that in kind of the abstract. Um, can we kind of hone in on maybe a couple of like examples that you could see um, unfolding with, uh, you know, between, you know, devices or companies or users or whatever. I know you've mentioned a marketplace and um, I'm interested to hear more about how that's going to work. Um, sure. Sure. And, so yeah. there's a couple of good examples that we give. Um, and to, because this is a platform, right? Because this is a network, uh, it definitely has a lot of different use cases. I think mm -hmm. uh, one of those being uh, you can create an access control or policy around the the devices that you own, right? So if all of your devices are connected to the network, they can say, oh, well, uh, I'm part of this trusted network of devices that are owned by this individual or this group of individuals, and mm -hmm. I'm able to share freely uh, I, resources uh, that I have ownership over, whether that's your Netflix data, your transactional history, your genomic data, your Fitbit data, whatever it could be, right? Mm -hmm. They're able to freely share and contract out with one another uh, across the network. So that's kind of the first step, but that's you and your devices. 
right? Now, one, and, one question I have right there, do, are these devices that you're, when you talk about them, like, does it mean that I'm, you know, Nest or, or anything like that is going to have to, you know, essentially issue a firmware update that makes them compatible with the Ethereum network? Or like, how does that work exactly in the, like, do, do companies yeah, have to Ethereum specific IoT? There's, there's two different ways that could work. Okay. Uh, these devices could expose an API that you have, uh, you grant to what the Ethereum uh, network calls like an Oracle, right? Which basically is something that watches all of the devices, at least in our instance, watches all the devices, participates. Like an event listener? Right. Okay. And uh, so you can, you can do the pull method where it is listening for contracts Mm -hmm. um, or events and then goes out and gets the data from all these devices that you own and are participating in mm -hmm. or secondarily, yes, it would be wonderful if these companies baked in, uh, the, the SDKs and the APIs that already make these a part of that evented network. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the future that we're going to start seeing mm -hmm. is more of these companies opening up their devices because it, matters both to them as well as to the end user um, to get these things participating openly. Okay, but so, but in the short term, you might have like a company that maybe, I keep going back to my nest, I guess, because I just set my temperature before that we started our nice. call. Um, so maybe we have a company who like really wants nest data for some reason or wants to interact with that or something like that. So either they can build an API that kind of stands in between their service and, and a user's nest or they might use something like if this and that or something like that. And, and all this is in the short term until we finally move into these manufacturers, just like making it compatible with the Ethereum. Correct. Work, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, are there so currently any Ethereum yeah. IoT devices like already out there? Like, or is that not really a thing yet? Uh, so that's, I think Slocket was they were thinking about this and they're the the manufacturers of the DAO, the creators of the DAO. Um, and I'm not sure what their roadmap is, but it's kind of, so two things, we're working with a bunch of companies right now, um, like cellular infrastructure companies that have access to devices across their network, uh, companies that are concerned about edge computing, um, and also large companies who want to provide infrastructure for distributed compute, which is uh, basically, and I know I lost like 100% of your audience probably right there. So oh, big cool. companies are thinking about this and they're trying to figure out how they can, uh, like we've had big companies create whole AI blockchain teams just to figure out how to participate in the ecosystem. So mm -hmm. it's not a matter of, of if they are going to support it, it's a matter of when. Okay. And they're, they're working, trying to figure it out with us. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, we're talking no, about FTP. Some sort of you know, standardization committee or something like that that forms out of this, that, you know, where all these companies maybe get together and figure out a, you know, a set of standards, just like the W3C with the web or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. okay. right. And I think that's going to become more and more important. Uh, these companies, you know, since, since I can remember their they're really committed to participating in ways that make their devices more intelligent and mm -hmm. basically matter more to the yeah. end user. Right. Um, so yeah, we're working with companies right now. 
as well as uh, we are, we'll, we'll start looking at forming those coalitions that, you know, create standards around these, mm -hmm. these things as we, as we build them. So, so how do you, um, for, for this transit, for you to facilitate this uh, marketplace, these transactions, um, do you have to have, you know, a company like Netflix uh, enter in an, into an agreement with you? Or is it like a one way, is it more passive on their end? Um, or is it like Netflix comes to you first saying, hey, we want to use the Synapse platform to, um, to grab data from users and things like that. And then, then you're able to make it available on the platform. Like, it, is that how it's going to have to work? So, like I said previously, you can do it without their participation. Um, and there are laws being enacted um, that basically say that your data is yours and how you contribute on a network is, is your, you, you own that data, right? So the EU just came out with something um, called the GDPR, which basically says uh, your data is yours. You're able to take it between uh, you know, Facebook, Google, wherever you want to take it, right? You can now leave these siloed companies and take all that data because it is valuable, because it provides those insights about you, take them to other companies and let those companies leverage that data to offer you new and, and interesting products and insights, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's coming. And uh, so companies are thinking about, okay, well, this is the way things are going to be. Um, how can we start participating in that? and how does it make sense for the company, right? So initially, Netflix doesn't have to, uh, you know, provide an open API or standard interface where people can uh, interface with, with the network itself. But, mm -hmm. and, you know, we can, we can, like I said, create oracles around gathering that data and allowing you to leverage it in other services. Okay, gotcha, yeah, sorry, that was a little unclear to me. Um, that makes sense. So what is, uh, what, what's next for, for you guys? I know, are you, or what, what stage are you in, in, in terms of your product? So we've built the marketplace. I'm a, I'm a developer. Like I said, I'm an old school hacker. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we've built the marketplace out. We have a developer portal, developer fund that we're going to run all of our code through for bounties and things like that. Um, and we're building the wallets out right now, and the wallets in our case kind of act as uh, a DAP explorer. Since we are a platform, we want to create some of the developer fund uh, and have that go towards uh, people who are building on top of our platform and building complementary services or mm -hmm. devices. Uh, so, like we'd be, in, we would be interested in funding devices that are IoT uh, on Ethereum network, right? Like that would be that would be great. And uh, so uh, the wallet also acts as your kind of entryway into the network. Like if you want to participate in distributed storage or distributed compute one day, you can do that. Mm -hmm. It's basically okay. how people participate on the network, the wallet, besides just holding the money, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's where we're at now. Next, we'll be developing SDKs in concert with the companies as we roll out proof of concepts. Uh, we're working with Orange Telecom right now, which is a uh, French telecommunications company. They're basically like the AT&T. Yeah, I've used of, them when I went to Paris. Right. So yeah. we're working with them right now. That's one, one of our big kind of partnership announcements. And we have three more uh, huge announcements coming. So uh, next is just like literally integrating into 
these these companies and their services and offerings. Yeah. Is your focus right now primarily Europe? No, our focus is is uh, basically creating partnerships with any company that wants to start facilitating the narrative of open data, machine learning models, uh, decentralized marketplaces and networks, and uh, you know, trying to get that momentum going, right? So not only simultaneously rebuilding it, we're evangelizing for it and yes. getting everyone headed in that direction, you know? Any specific verticals that you're highly interested in that, may, that you don't have partnerships with yet? Um, personally, I love, uh, I love genomic data. Uh, mm -hmm. I just had my whole genome sequenced. I don't know if you've ever, uh, it's kind of like 23andMe, but like way better. Okay. You get uh, basically every part of your DNA sequenced. 23andMe, I think, does very targeted parts. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like a partial sequencing. And uh, whole genome sequencing does the whole thing, right? The whole enchilada. And then they provide insights, right? So not only can they tell your ethnicity and, and where you're from and where your family's from, but they can now map genotype, your genes, to your phenotype, uh, basically the physical attributes that are give rise, that your genes give rise to, uh, mm -hmm. to more emergent qualities like personality, uh, things that you like or dislike. So on mine, they said, well, you're sensitive to the smell of feet, right? And I don't like it when people chew with their mouths open. Things like that. Really interesting, really interesting aspects. And I'm fascinated by the ability to connect all this omic data and uh, the world around us and the choices that we make back to the genome. Right? Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like this really cool, insightful uh, idea that will unlock a lot of interesting features or will allow technology and machine learning and AI to unlock really cool features, especially when we're talking about future generations. Because if you can look at the at, at your genome, right, before somebody's even born and kind of predict maybe in some aspects like what they'll like, what they, they'll enjoy, what they'll be good at, what will make them happy, uh, it's kind of like it starts looking like this cool world where we're in partnership with AI and it's it's helping us reach our full potential, right? In some aspects and really creating like lessons plan, lesson plans around how we learn and uh, how we respond and things like that. I think that's, that's super futuristic, cool stuff. So I think that that is kind of where we should be heading. And that's why genomics and, you know, correlating all this data about who we are as individuals is, is really important. Yeah, that's really crazy stuff. I, I recently um, listened to a talk from a friend of mine on um, something called CRISPR um, yeah. that was like, just blew my mind entirely. Like, I, I yeah, I, I mean, the ability to just modify, you know, essentially, I, I, I pitched a, um, I, I'm getting way off topic, but I pitched a, like a hypothetical to him. Like, so, you know, you, what you're saying is we can have a marketplace where you know, LeBron James can sell his fast twitch muscle fiber DNA and I can, you know, take micro injections of it and maybe have his like muscle, like endurance and things like that. And I was like, is that possible? You know, you know, theoretically, and it just blew my mind. So wait, was it possible? 
Well, he said theoretically. Like, it, yeah, theoretically. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea. I shouldn't even speak on the matter because I'm. I, I know nothing about any of it. It was just what what I did manage to understand. What little I managed to understand from his talk blew my mind. Um, it is very cool, and I think we are we are living like constantly on the edge of you know big, amazing future. What, what would have like a decade ago feel like 50 years in the future is, is literally happening now. Mm-hmm. And it's accelerating at a, at a rate by which I, I think it starts to make me feel old because these generations <laughs> that are like born today, they'll take all of that for granted, you know? So yeah. it, it's amazing watching. Yeah. And I read your bio that you, you grew up in the, like the era of um, like freaking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like hacking telephone systems. I don't even right. think that exists nowadays. You know? no, yeah, I, I was like four when you were doing that. So like, I, I was born in '92, so yeah. like four or five when you were when you were doing that. But it's true. Yeah, I feel like I was the last of the freakers there. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, uh, kind of coming back full circle on Synapse. Um, how can people get involved if they if they want to learn more or? Um, uh, is is the platform essentially ready for for adoption like from your kind of early users now or like wh- where exactly are things yeah we just crossed about 320,000 users and yes, okay. we yeah we we have about 22,000 people in our telegram channel now so if they visit the site uh, they can sign up we have a developer portal that we're opening up they can join our community and uh, participate in bounties and things like that. And um, they can uh, you know, reach me anytime if they have questions uh, about what we're doing or where we're headed. And so next up, we'll be launching our wallets for alpha testing. Okay. And um, if they sign up on any of our newsletters or in any of our community on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, mm-hmm. um, they can join in to help us test that out. Cool. Um, and did I read correctly? You guys have a, like another phase of your ICO coming up. Is that correct? We do. I'm, I'm going on this big world tour where I'm looking for partnerships and I'm evangelizing, uh, on behalf of the technology and the future that we're building. Um, and that'll all be wrapped up with our last tier of, uh, of the ICO of the token sale. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, um, I will uh, definitely post the, the info of the site and Twitter and things like that in the show notes. So my, my listeners can get involved if they, um, if they want to learn more. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, where can people, um, I guess is Twitter the best place to connect with you personally or would it be telegram? Or- yeah, I'm always on, uh, they can follow me on Twitter at, at DPG, just three initials. Oh, and early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have the the president of Dog Pound Gang Records following me, Snoop Dogg's record label, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, and uh, but if they want to join the community and get more real time interfacing with me, they could just join our Telegram, which is t.me forward slash Synapse ICO. Awesome. Okay. Um, anything else you'd like to add before we close? Nope. That's it. Awesome. Well, thanks for. Uh, coming and uh guys if uh if anyone um uh, has any questions like i said i'll put everything in the show notes and uh also if you 
Um, if you like this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you have any questions or you are an idiot messages to give me, uh, you can email me at hoddledaily at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, we will uh, talk to you soon. And uh, thank you, Dan. Yep. Cheers. Thanks.